We've given you the greatest, the most abundant good. I'm making the dua for the right thing. I'm making istikhara, for example. It's a good dua in its nature. At what point do I say, well, I don't know if Allah is withholding this from me because it's bad for me, or if I should keep on making dua. Do I pray istikhara for the rest of my life? It's like the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he instructed young people to get married and he said, لَمْ then that person should fast if you cannot get married. And then someone says, I can't fast my entire life, you know. Like at some point, Siyam is great and all, but I can't do this forever. And nor am I meant to do this forever. If someone comes to you of good religion and good character, then marry that person. Let's say that I found a religious person. I like that person for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is all great. I pray istikhara and it's not working out and I'm making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ease it and I'm not really sure what's happening here and I keep on going and going and going and then like two years have passed and I'm still wondering if I should still have hope that I'm going to marry this person or not. This is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves things to your intuition. But at the same time, if you are obsessed with a particular outcome, that's probably a sign that it's an unhealthy pursuit. Even if it's a good outcome in its nature, that's probably a sign that it's an unhealthy pursuit and that you should use your best judgment, your best intuition, and move on to another pursuit while still asking Allah for the best. It was really interesting. Uh, there was a, a brother, and this is a true story, by the way. There was a brother who made this dua istikhara, like he wanted to marry a particular sister. And there was some difficulty that was there, and he was really sad about it. So then... He made istikhara for another girl. He got married to that girl. She got married to another guy. And then they both got divorced. And they both ended up getting married. And now they're one of the happiest couples ever. So at his wedding, he's like, Sheikh, help me understand this. <laughs> like, what just happened here? That was a weird journey for me. It all happened like within a year and a half. That brother and that sister getting married and it not working out, there's a hidden blessing in that as well. So it's not just that I made the dua and it didn't work out. So that means that my istikhara was broken or I didn't get something good from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maybe there's something that I learned from that in the akhirah sense, which cannot be quantified, that I'm not capable of grasping. And I should praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that too. So how does it work? At what point do I give up on making a dua for something or on a pursuit? First and foremost, lessen my obsession with the outcome because any obsession with an outcome is not healthy even if it's a good outcome the next thing you know if your pursuit is obsessive or if it's unhealthy if you're not willing to engage or indulge other pursuits as well that are also good because maybe that pursuit so there is nothing that's found in the hadiths of the prophet or the books of uh, Tazkiyah that says you should pray istikhara 20 times. It's all conjecture. Like there are some scholars that would say you could pray it for 99 years. Keep on praying istikhara. Some scholars that say pray it one time and that's it. Move on. This is actually a healthy debate in the books of Tazkiyah. The truth is, is that at some point you take hints and you redirect your pursuit while asking Allah to bring about the best of a situation. So let's say I moved on from something but I'm still asking Allah for the best of my situation as a whole. 
So if Allah brings that back around, Alhamdulillah. But at the same time, I can't stay stuck. So I have to look at my obsession and the way that I'm addicted to a pursuit. And that can be unhealthy even if the outcome is necessarily a good outcome or good in my estimation. Now obviously, uh, when it comes to ibadah, the Prophet ﷺ says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not tire of you until you tire of calling upon Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not tire of granting you forgiveness until you tire of seeking forgiveness. So when you're asking for ibadah, you're asking for forgiveness, when you're asking for something that's good in the religious sense, then keep on going. And at no point does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, okay, look, you've made too many du'as for this thing now. You can stop now. Every single time there's an outcome that is coming from that. The one constant has to be your understanding of the nature of your relationship with Him and the priorities that you have of ultimate felicity in the hereafter. That the happiness that you gain in this dunya is not at the expense of your happiness in the hereafter. And that any misfortune that you encounter in this world is directly converted into a happiness in the hereafter. And you live between those two stations. And that calms the soul. Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, he actually mentions some of the righteous, they felt too shy to ask Allah for something. But he said it was narrated that some of the companions used to make dua even for salt for their dough or you know, for like the, the most minuscule of things, the most minor of things, because they enjoyed calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they understood that calling upon Allah was a blessing in and of itself. And that's why Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, when I make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I don't worry about the answer, I just worry about the blessing of making dua. Because I know that the outcome will happen in the way that's best. I just worry about the ability to make dua. If I'm able to make dua, then I'm pleased. If I'm not able to make dua, then I'm scared. Because a tawfiq ila dua huwa ijaba wa ni'ma. To just be guided to the ability to make dua is in and of itself an answer and a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Sahaba would ask Allah to repair their shoelaces. So Ibn Rajab rahimahullah basically said religious people need to calm down. He said no one's going to be better than the Sahaba. So he actually writes like a condemnation admonishing those people that say don't ask too much for dunya. Ask Allah all you want but don't get addicted to the pursuit. Ask Allah for all good, just don't get addicted to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And let your dua always be proportional to where you're asking more for the hereafter, because that's where your priority actually lies.